What's up, everybody? I'm Nick. This is Let's Talk Sports. Welcome back to another episode. On uh, this week, we got our normal weekly rundown. We're gonna go through our main topics at our double take segment. Uh, but we added a cool new segment, so we're gonna see how it works out. See if you guys like it. It's gonna be crazy, insane, or on point. So there's a few things that I threw in there for that today. With me, I got Dom and David. We're gonna be rolling through what seems like mostly NBA talk, and then we're gonna hit some MLB talk at the end. Um, trust me, I didn't go. I didn't double dip into a you know Greg's episode. Yesterday, I know he's always giving me a hard time because I'm stealing some of his topics, but uh, we're going to talk about something different. Uh, but just for our weekly rundown, the only thing I got in there is if you aren't keeping up with um, the Premier League or soccer overseas, um, I know there's been lots of talk with Ronaldo and, and you know, his short-lived reunion with Man U. I don't know. Um, I haven't looked at it in a couple of days to see where they're at with that now. I know there was talks that he wanted out or whatever it may be, but... Um, I know that he turned down signing with the Saudi Arabia club. So not only are they trying to just make their own freaking golf club, but they wanted to, you know, give Renato a ton of money. <laughs> Tom's over there. What do you want? Oh, no, go ahead. Now you see Dom's happy because he's a man city fan and, um, Happy is an understatement. Laugh, yeah, laughing yeah. Ass and jumping for joy Some, is, Somehow they got like literally one of the, you know, arguably top two soccer players in the world. You know what I mean? Or I don't know what you would want to call him. I'm not really in that that sphere, but I think he's probably one of at least the top two, top five. So and I mean, they, not they so went. much anymore, but definitely, you know, obviously in, in his prime, he was arguably the greatest in the world. His career obviously started in Portugal, but he really, you know, started off his the early part of his career with Man United, and then he, uh, you know, was at Real Madrid for the longest time, then Juventus for for a little bit. Um, it was kind of big news when he came back to Man U, but um, after their manager, Sir Alex Ferguson, left, I want to say in, in 2012, um, the club's really gone downhill. They haven't, they haven't won a trophy. They haven't won their Premier League in about 10 years. Yeah, it, it's gone way downhill. The you know, they, they get all the attention they do just because of what they did in the early 2000s, but they really haven't done much. And, you know, there's a lot of current or recent players and, and coaches and staff that are like, yeah, the club's really gone downhill. So it doesn't surprise me. He came back and realized, yeah, this isn't the club that I was a part of, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I kind of want out because this is garbage. Also him being at the end of his career, he's like, Hey, I don't really have many opportunities left to win the Champions League. I'm not even going to be in the Champions League next year if I stay with Man United. So obviously he's not going to win it if he's not going to be a tournament. Uh, so he wants to go somewhere where he can try to win at least one more Champions League. Well, listen, I don't, I don't know how far away um, Man City plays, but I mean he could just stay there with his home and everything, and he can go put on some blue and never happen. Never happen. <laughs> All right, let's go into our new segment. It's uh, called Crazy, Insane, or On Point. So for the first one, uh, we're going to go with the Utah Jazz just blowing their roster up, and it looks like they're trying to move Donovan Mitchell. And I, what I kind of want you guys to answer, Crazy, Insane, or On Point, is the package that they're pretty much asking for him. And right now they're asking for at least three young rotation players and seven first-round draft picks for him. Do you guys think that's crazy, insane, or on point? Insane. Insane. <laughs> How many, how many draft picks did you say? Seven? 
they they want I think it's because for Rudy Gobert they got um five first yeah, round draft picks and then they got they got the the Timberwolves first round draft pick from this year so technically they got six first round draft picks so they're looking for like they want a little bit more and they just they just don't want rotation players they want young rotation players so they basically want to gut a whole roster so I I don't know it's yeah that's insane to me no. David what do you got on that yeah that's just crazy for me so. Not insane, crazy. And listen, seven, either way. Seven picks for a defensive liability, a guy that barely shoots 30% from beyond the three-point line, all because he can he can dunk and he's athletic as hell? No, that's not worth seven. Seven picks? Yeah, I don't know, Seven? Man. No. Get out of here. He goes, get out of here. All right, for the second one I got, a little bit more of a, of a homework topic here, but since joining the Columbus crew, I know we talked about him last episode, but uh, Cucho Hernandez, he's played three games with the crew. He came off the bench for two of them and he started this past one. He has four goals already. And that ties him for second most on the team in the season. Is that crazy, insane, or on point? Um, going back to our last episode and I told you how good he was going to be for you guys yeah. on point on point. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I honestly, I believed all the hype coming over. So that's, I think it's insane because it's freaking awesome, but it's, it's on point. And I'm so excited for what this team is going to be going forward. Cause they're on a seven game win streak right now and they're just climbing the rankings. So I'm, I, yeah, but, um, and also shout out to Cincinnati FC who was like above the crew before they won that game. Like they were above them in the standings. I was like, I was like, where the, they got destroyed. Yeah, but they they were one of those teams in the past like year that spent like twelve million on a player or something from overseas too. So they they brought some money over. So all right. Um, and then the last thing I got is Bobby Marks called Steph Curry the second best player of all time. Uh, crazy, insane, or on point? Uh, he was high as hell. <laughs> yeah, he's insane for that one. Well, let's go ahead and moving on from, you know, Steph Curry being called the second best player of all time to the actual second best player of all time in our main topics here, DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get out of here. I want to go ahead and bring David in on this one. So if you guys don't know, DeAndre Ayton accepted a, a four-year, $133 million deal from the Pacers, um, but he's a restricted free agent. If you guys don't know what, you know, being a restricted free agent means, it means, you know, the team that you're on, they can match any offer that any other team gives you. So, Basically, the Suns gambled for nothing. They were hoping that no one would offer him a max contract because they didn't believe he deserved it. And they were either they either wanted somebody to offer him some like a smaller amount so that they can match that, or they wanted him to accept his qualifying offer, which would be way less than 133 million over four years. It would have been like a one-year deal for like maybe maybe 16 to 20 million or something like that. Nothing crazy. So they ended up having to match that offer because they couldn't lose him for nothing. And basically they can't trade him without him saying that it's okay until next January. I guess my first question for you, David, was the gamble worth it? And then second, do you think that Aiton could ever live up to being that number one overall pick, especially when we look back that he got drafted over guys like Luca and Trey? I think that in his career, he has averaged little over 16 points per game. 10 and a half rebounds and averaged about 60% from the field goal. And those stats showed that he's a pretty good player for his size. So I think the risk 
is there because he can definitely hold his own. Uh, even though he can be injury prone at times, he's only, the only season he ever really missed a significant amount of time was back in 2018. So when healthy, he can definitely hold his own. Is he worth of, is he worthy of the 133 million? In the Suns case, I would say no, because the center position is not really their concern at the moment because Aiton is just in addition to an already good team that has several power forwards who can play small ball style game. Now, for a team that is looking for a big man like Aiton, who can definitely hold his own, then yes, because he can still play a big part of their offense or even lead it when healthy. Now on to the number one overall pick legacy. I do not think he can live up to that ability uh, because of people like Luca and Trey, mainly because we, when we look at the number one overall pick, we look at it on the front of how many points can this person do, and they're a much better like overall player. And essentially for Aiden being a big man, he was given one of two ways where he could live up to that number one legacy, like a Luca or a Trey could be. And that's one, you're looking at a Dirk Nowitzki-style big man who can play down low and grab rebounds and score down there when you need him to. But his primary was on the perimeter and can score three-pointers. He doesn't really do that. Or number two, be a Shaq-style center where he's averaging 20-plus points per game 15 plus rebounds per game, all while moving heaven and earth just to do so in the most literal sense possible. I think DeAndre Ayton's a good player. I think that he's he's a guy that you're not going to build around, but he's a guy that's in addition to, you know, the superstar you already have on your team. Is he a max level player? No, but the problem is, is the market. That's what the market dictates, right? So your first yeah. overall pick, you contribute in a, pretty decent way like like you said he's averaging I think over the past couple years he's averaged more than 16 points per game but his career average is probably 16 something so he's he's averaging a double double you know what I mean it's almost a 20 point double double so it's not it's not like it's not like he's a scrub or anything you know what I mean but I think when you when you draft somebody number one overall they're supposed to be a centerpiece and I guess just for me I don't understand why these teams are still because it wasn't that long ago that they were drafted. I mean, what, it was like four or five years ago. But even yeah. to that point, like why we were still drafting big men to be center points of teams, that's just not – it's just not conducive. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about like a big man, like when you talk about Giannis or KD. Those guys are those guys are like, you know, stretch forwards or point forwards. You know what I mean? So it, they're they're different. I think that's if that's a guy that you go ahead and, and draft, you know what I mean? Especially when you look at a guy like Luca or Trey, especially Luca, who is basically in, in my mind already, I think can be considered a superstar in the league because of what he did this past playoffs. I think that mm-hmm. that, that propels him to that point. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know what Aiton can do. I think I think mm-hmm. we'd have to see him on a team where it was built around him, where he was yeah. at main focal point, almost like giving him the opportunity to you know, be the focal point on a team like a Joel Embiid. 
like a joker you know what I mean I, I think those that that would be something that we would have to see and, and see him flourish in but well let's go ahead and bring Dom in on the uh, next topic here we're going to go from one guy who probably should win an MVP at some point because he was a number one overall pick but might not to a guy who has won some MVPs um, and is desperate for a championship so we got James Harden here and you know he's made some comments about his offseason he said something in regards that he was taking this opportunity to make sure that he gets back to an elite level this summer. So I guess, you know, I'll have Dom go first, you know, answer the first question. Do we believe that he can even get back to? I mean, I, I've always thought he was overrated anyways. You, you look at, you know, how he's played the last couple of years, you know, what, what makes you think that he can get back to what he was when he was with the Rockets? Yeah. You know, it, it's only going to get tougher to get back to that form as you get older. If he was just coming off of one bad year and, you know, he was coming back with Brooklyn, I was like, okay, I know I had one bad year and I'm going to, you know, get better and get back to what I was. But we're three, I don't know, two, three years away from where from where he was in, in Houston. He's, well, I, he's not getting where he was. I guess let me, let me ask you this, though, too, because, you know – he says I just, elite I don't level. Think he has the mentality to do it. Well, hold on, because he he, he he says he says elite level, and I asked that question: Can he get back to an elite level? But let me ask you this question: Is is shooting eighteen for forty and scoring you know forty points with ten assists in a game? Is that elite, or no. is that just like because? Cause I mean, I, I get it. Like, like that's like Russell Westbrook. Like when we're like, Oh, look, he's got a trip, you know, a 25 point triple double. And you're like, okay, cool. But his teammates were giving him rebounds and he's, right. he's four, he's four for 30. He just is 70% from the free throw line. He like, put up the numbers that he did in Houston because he was taking like 50 shots a game. So yeah. of course the more shots you take, the more you're going to make because that's just how statistics works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to me, to me, if if he could if he could become efficient and let you know Embiid run that team, then I think that they have a good chance of competing for a championship. But well, well, he's never been that efficient player. So yeah. what makes you think he, he's what 33, 34 now? Yeah. What makes you think that all of a sudden, after how many years in the NBA, that he just is now going to figure out how to be an efficient player? No, he at this point he is what he is, and at this point you are like he's not going to change how he is as a player. And I don't think he, he doesn't have the mentality like a MJ or a Kobe where, you know, as, you know, as things get tough, he seems to just run away from his problems mm-hmm. and not face things where, you know, people like MJ or Kobe, they use those hard times as motivation to get better and they destroy their competition in the process. Harden's so not that guy. So would you say his, his legacy is, is inefficiency and, not facing not facing the tough times soft inefficient yeah soft and efficient. okay uh david i guess you know for both those questions like i guess do you believe that do you believe maybe that he was even at an elite level first of all and then if he was do you think he can get back to that and then second of all what what do you view his legacy as if i had to put in an elite level i would probably put it even to before the Houston Rockets, when he was on OKC with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. 
because I believe that was kind of like the best version of him because he didn't have that focus or that light on him. He wasn't the center of attention. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant were the center of attention. He just was like, people were like, okay, he's there. He's really good. And then that's partially why he went to Houston and he was good for like the first two years. But my best comparison to James Harden would probably be Kawhi Leonard. The reason I, hold on. I know you're judging me. Give me a second. Let me explain. The reason I say that is because Harden and Leonard have similar play styles. However, the only difference is Leonard lived up to the hype. Harden didn't. And then... Wait, hold on a second. Because here's the thing. Hold on a second. Harden wanted that. Wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Whose play styles are similar? Okay, I, I phrased that wrong. But they both wanted hype. They just went two different routes of doing it. Are you, are you like, are you Bobby Marksing me right now? What are you doing right now? (laughs) (laughs) The reason, the point that I wanted to make was Leonard not only wanted the hype, but he actually went out and succeeded in the form that when he got traded to Toronto, he won, he won a championship. Harden is doing the same thing, but he's failing at every single point in time he's doing it. Well, I think that's because Kawhi was actually an elite player. Yeah. You know, he, he was elite offensively, and he was at one point the best perimeter defender in the league. James Harden's always been Swiss cheese on defense. Yeah, and that's and, the point that I'm trying to make. And and to be and to be fair, like when you so I think when you make that comparison going back to the Thunder when you know him and Westbrook and KD were on that team, they those guys those guys aren't like leaders. They're not they're not guys who are going to galvanize the rest of the people in the locker room. They're not guys that are going to be able to really truly run the floor and make everybody else around them look good. Um, they they need somebody to do that. That's why like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, beautiful match, right? because those guys were able to play off of each other, play off ball, make that work. That's why when Kawhi went to Toronto, he had Fred Van Fleet. You know what I mean? He had Kyle Lowry. Those guys can run the floor. They can move everything around. They can galvanize the guys. They have high energy, right? So that's that. That's that's why that worked. But I also think Kawhi won that championship. He is a great – he listen, Kawhi is a good player. I think he's a superstar. But he really won that championship because LeBron wasn't in the East anymore and the Warriors were missing two of their – players that matter most so that i mean that's if if lebron was in the east and and the warriors were full strength Kawhi was never winning that as as good as good as he is i, I don't think he was good. so i and the comparison i i don't i don't know man i that's a little it's a little off for me it might be a stretch i'll give you that still the <laughs> point a, that i wanted to make was that's like if you're trying to hit a home run center field and the the wall's about 700 feet back so i don't I don't know. The point that I wanted to make is he wanted to be the best player in the face of a franchise. Yeah. So they, so they Kyrie. He essentially created his own pressure yeah. and is falling short. That was the point yeah. that I was trying to get across. Yeah. Now that I mentioned it, I, I think a better comparison would have been Kyrie. Yeah. Okay. But but to be Both fair, James trying to be their own man. 
But James James didn't force his way out of OKC. OKC traded him because they because they chose to go with Westbrook over him. Westbrook and then you know yeah. But then look look at what he did in in Houston, putting on the fat suit and not trying. Yeah, and force his way out of Houston, and, and then, then look at what his way out of Brooklyn. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely a saga that we'll try to look into going forward. I I think that I mean that, I guess the question for you guys at home is like was James Harden really ever elite or was it just conflated stats and we we thought he was elite? You know what I mean? I I, I go back to this right, the years that he won the MVP and Russell Westbrook won the MVP, we all clearly knew that those years LeBron was the most valuable player in the league. They just didn't want to give it to him because they were used to seeing him play that way. Um, and those guys really had conflated stats. They weren't, they weren't real stats. They were given to them. It just, it just wasn't, it wasn't the same thing. So that's when like, you know, Dom comes to that point of like, those guys are overrated. Um, and I mean, they're good players. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're as good as everybody thinks they are. You know what I mean? I think that, that when they call them superstars or they've called them superstars in the past, I think that was a little, I don't know. That was a little crazy, right? <laughs> crazy, insane. I mean, ESPN will call crazy. you a superstar. They'll call anyone a superstar. They can make, you know, three, three pointers from the logo. So it's not really that much of an achievement. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. This one's a fun one. Um, as we're talking about this, guys, we're going to go ahead and post this a little bit before this episode comes out. So it'll be a post that will come out. Um, if you guys have been seeing a bunch of stuff in social media, we're going to do our own, you know, build your starting five for $12 kind of thing. And we'll post that image out and you guys can go ahead and do that. And then um, if you want to follow along while we do this as well, too, I'll let the guys go first and then uh, I'll give mine. But uh, since Dom's got his on the screen here, uh, Dom, um, how well, let me do this because maybe maybe everybody at home won't know, but. Um, let me go through the list of the guys in each in each category. Yeah, yeah let me Just do so that. that people know offhand what we're yeah. working with. So we'll we'll go. I'll go ahead and start. Um, so I got everything pretty much in a pyramid style. Um, I'll go ahead and start from the top. I'll go left to right. Okay. So for five dollars, I got LeBron, Steph, Giannis, KD, um, Jokic, Embiid, Luca, Trey Young, and Kawhi Leonard. For the four dollar category, I got Kyrie, Jason Tatum, John Morant, Devin Booker. Bradley Beal, Cat, Anthony Davis, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. For the $3 category, we got Jimmy Butler, Paul George, um, Dame, Jalen Brown, Zion, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Clay Thompson, and Bam Adebayo. For the $2 category, we got Darius Garland, Anthony Edwards, Jamal Murray, yes, Jared Allen, Pascal Siakam, Chris Siakam, Chris Paul, Brandon Ingram, James Harden, and LaMelo Ball. And then for the last category for $1, we got Chris Middleton, Draymond Green, DeAndre Ayton, Demonis Sabonis, Shea Gildress-Alexander, and Lonzo Ball. So those are the categories. If you guys wanted to follow along with those, how would you build your team out? Um, I kind of avoided all the, the $5 players, the superstars. I just like a team that has a lot of depth, a lot of good young depth. Um, I tried to put together guys that I think would play well together. Um, so starting off with in the $2 tier, I went with Darius Garland to be my point guard. Um, took a big step forward last year, made the all-star team. I, I think he's 
got the potential to be a, a top 10, top 15 point guard of the league, um, to sign a big max deal uh, with the Cavaliers. Second, also in the $2 tier, I went with Brandon Ingram. Again, another player that took a big step forward. He's he's really progressed a, progressed a lot the last couple of years. He's kind of developing into the guy that we all thought that he could be uh, with the Lakers. Really like how he scores. He's really impacting the game defensively as well. I think he'd be a good pick um, for any team, really, let alone what we're doing right now. Um, next, I got my shooting guard in the $3 tier in DeMar DeRozan. He's been a good, consistent player his whole career. But what we saw from him in Chicago last year was unlike anything that we've seen from him before. Really encouraging to see him kind of really get back to the – kind of exceed the form that he was in Toronto. Uh, he looked kind of down in um, San Antonio. Be a great scoring piece. He doesn't really have to facilitate anything. He can just play off of Darius Garland, and I think that would be a perfect pairing. In the front court, I got Bam Adebayo from Miami. Just a great young defensive star. Not really going to give you much offensively. Obviously, he can dunk. Where he really shines is on defense and rebounding, which is what every team needs. And then lastly, in the $5 tier, I got my center in Jared Allen. Going back to the Cavs because they are loaded with young talent. Jared Allen... I mean, what, what what else can I say about him? I mean, he's – the Cavs kind of lived and died with how he was playing and if he was on the court. It, when he wasn't on the court, you can see a noticeable difference in how they play defense. Their offense didn't look the same. Just defensively, that pairing with him and Bam, that give you, you know, one of the best defensive, you know, big men positions in in the entire NBA, I think. So I think that would be a good pairing – yeah, that's I mean I that's that's a good young list, and you got you got Demar, who's a good veteran that can go in there and, like you said, get a bucket. Um, and, and add, same add with that Bam. I presence. think Bam's kind of at the point where he can be considered a veteran as well. Yeah, I guess that's fair. He's they they've made a couple deep runs in the playoffs, so I mean they, he's he's got that in his bag. You know what I mean? That a lot of the other guys don't. Um, mm-hmm. so that helps out. Yeah, I I like that. I mean, they, I think there's a there's a lot of good steals in like the three, two, and one dollar range, even like. There's a lot of guys that could give you productive minutes. Um, so I kind of did this similar thing where I, I didn't really go with a, a $5 guy, but uh, we'll get into that later. David, uh, what do you got for your uh, your uh, starting five for $12? All right. So for me, I'm going to start with my point guard. I'm going to go Devin Booker at the $4 range. Get a star player. And then uh, I'm actually going to go – with Shai Alexander from the $1 range myself at my shooting guard. And then this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I think he's got enough size to do it and a little bit of muscle as well. But I've got another kind of like someone who can dribble the ball and act as a two if needed. But uh, Alonzo Ball is my small forward. And then... For my power forward and center, the reason I'm kind of combining these two together is because they can probably work in either position, depending on how you want them to be played, is Jarrett Allen and Rudy Gobert. Hey, you stole my guy. That's a, that's a pretty good solid list. What you said, you got you got Devin Booker, 
Um, Alexander, Lonzo. Lonzo, okay. Allen and Gobert. And Gobert. Yeah, you got – I mean, you got two really good defensive bigs, so not very many people yeah. are going to score inside on you, but <laughs> – Yeah. Um, and rebounding-wise, that's pretty solid. I did a little bit of the same thing. I stuck away from the $5 guys, but I went ahead and got two $4 guys. So I went ahead and I'll start with my point guard. I went out and got LaMelo Ball at my point guard position. Um, I like the size that he has. I think that he has the capability of playing um, pretty solid defense. Um, and he is turning into a guy that can pretty much score from anywhere and he can really run the floor. He's, he's, he's a polished passer, even though he's only been in the league for a couple of years. Um, and I think that he can really grow and, and run the offense that I put together here at the two, I'm going to go with Devin Booker. Listen, the, the, he can play off ball, catch and shoot. He's a little bit of a liability when it comes to the defensive side, but he can, he can get a bucket and that's kind of what you need at that two guard position at that wing position. Um, and you can kind of slide him up to that three spot if you need to at the, uh, three spot, I'm going to, I went ahead and dipped back into the $4 range and took Jason Tatum. Listen, the dude can get a bucket. Anywhere he can play off ball, he can run the offense if you need him to. Um, I know that he kind of shrunk when it came to the finals, but I think that that being his first time in that moment, I think he's going to come back and if he gets another opportunity. Um, but I'm, I'm really high on him. I think that he's he's a good young player. And then with my big men, I went back. I went into that $1 bucket there, and I went and got DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton and uh, Damanis Sabonis. Listen, I just I just need guys who are going to play good defense on the interior and get rebounds. I don't need them to score a bunch of buckets because I got three guys who are going to score buckets all day. So um, if they could average 10 and 10, I'd be happy with that. So that's kind of the team I put together. Let us know, guys, what you think about our lists. You know what I mean? I think maybe maybe we'll put them in 2K. We'll generate a, uh, a little playoff bracket there and, and see see who wins. We'll do some, some one-minute quarters. But um, <laughs> let us know. And then, like I said, we'll make that post. And then let us know what you would do. So, and then let us know what you think about the placement of the players in each category. Um, I just went ahead and put them in there. If you don't, if you think some guy isn't in the right category, let me know. Be like, hey, you're an idiot. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and <laughs> move into our last topic here. It's going to be Dom with this one. We're going to go ahead and talk about some baseball. So Juan Soto turned down a 15-year, $440 million deal with the Nationals. First of all, Dom... Would you have turned that deal down? I mean, if I was in his shoes, he's 23, one of the best players in baseball, going to be hitting the free agent market in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. If I know that if I keep up playing the way that I am, I'm going to be worth more than what they're offering, then, yeah, I would probably turn it down. Yeah. I think they said it was you, like – You figure in two years, if, if he keeps his trajectory up, you know, it, you – you look at some of the contracts that players are getting offered now, obviously in two years, the market's only going to continue to increase. Yeah. He's probably good. He's banking on, you know, probably getting a $500 million contract. To me, especially as a young player like that, there's no point in signing a 15 year deal, locking yourself into only $29 million a year when you can sign a shorter deal and then renegotiate later on, especially if his trajectory is going to put him at, 40 50 million dollars a year at some point why why would he lock himself into doing something like that you know what i mean unless unless he like i said unless he really loves being there and he's trying to help them have a little bit more money to spread around and fill the roster around him because you can you can only do that so many times before eventually once he hits like 27 28 then 
you know, teams are going to be offering him less and less money because as you get closer to 30 and then once you hit, once you exceed 30, you're not making as much because you're on the downside of your career. So if he can lock himself into, you know, let's say in two years, he gets a $500 million deal for the next 15 years. He may be, you know, taking a little bit off of what he can potentially earn now, but towards the end of his career and the end of his deal in 12 years, when he's, you know, 35, you know, he's going to be making a lot more at the end of his career than he would have if he were to keep signing, you know, one year deals. And then, you know, when he's 30, he signs like a three year deal, but then yeah. that contract's not anywhere near what he could be making. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it is a game. I don't know. It'll be interesting. We'll see what he does with it. But um, I guess we kind of already talked about the second question. So we'll go ahead and move on to the third one here. Like, I guess, who do you think is the most likely to trade for him? And, you know, what might they have to give up? Probably their entire farm system. But I think, I mean, really any team that can see themselves being a contender for the next two years, because he's, if a team that trades for him this year, we'll still have him for this year, next year, and the year after that. Because he is only 23, and you can't really hit free agency in baseball until you're about 26, or you have six years of service time. So he's still going to have two years of team control, which is only going to jack the trade price up for him a lot. Because very rarely, at 23 years old, does one of the best players in baseball come available on the trade market. So they're going to want a ton of picks and they're not picks. They're going to want a ton of prospects and top prospects. And if they have to, you know, reduce what they're asking for in terms of prospects, they're going to want a lot of good MLB ready players too, because you can't easily replace a player like Juan Soto. So I don't know in terms of who I can think can trade for them. Obviously the New York teams come to mind um, the LA teams, you know, more so the Dodgers, other than the uh, Angels. Now, maybe, maybe a stretch, but maybe a team like the Guardians. They got a lot of good prospects, and you know the the teams. I guess you could say overachieving this year, but they're playing a lot better than what we thought that they were. And they're the youngest team in Major League Baseball and AAA, and they're in the playoff hunt. If you go add someone like Juan Soto. You're winning the division, and you'll be a playoff contender for years to come. But, you know, probably a big market team because if, if I'm a, a smaller market team that's kind of rebuilding or not really in contention for the, the playoffs, it doesn't really make sense to, you know, raid your farm system for one guy like Juan Soto. Yeah, yeah, I, I was thinking probably more big market teams like New York or L.A., like you said. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it more going forward once – um. Either either he's going to play for the Nationals, you know, like you said, over the next couple of years, um, or they're going to trade him or whatever it may be. So we'll, we'll kind of keep tabs on that. I'm sure Dom and, and Greg and, and Jeff will keep tabs on that on, on deck. So, um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and move into our last segment here. We're going to go into our double take segment uh, where we go around and just uh, talk about two things we want to talk about. So we'll go ahead and start with David. We'll go David, Dom, and then myself, and then we'll go back around. So David, what's your first thing? Uh, so I'll finally be able to go see Lord, uh, not Lord, Thor, Love and Thunder. There we go. Tomorrow. Okay. Uh, so I'll let you guys know how that goes. It's, um, it's an all right movie. Like, I think what, when we, did I, 
I talked about it last episode. Like, I think I gave it like a 7.8. Um, mm. I don't, I don't think it, listen, I don't think it was like great. I think there was a lot of things they could have done differently, but it's not a bad movie. I think, I think we're stuck in, in like wanting to get the best out of Marvel. Like when we watched Infinity War and Endgame, and we're just not going to get that because it's not the same kind of atmosphere. It's not the same kind of movie. It's not ending a whole saga. You know what I mean? So we're just going to have to kind of realize that we're going back to the normal movies that we were even getting at the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think a lot of people are kind of hating yeah, on that. But. I think that they, after Endgame, they have to, they have to build do yeah. like a reset Yeah. in order to re and not only reintroduce some of the characters that they have, but to be able to introduce some of the new characters like the Eternals or the or like Shang-Chi. Yeah, uh, this is a phenomenal movie. Yes. But, but yeah, well, I, ho- I hope you like it, David. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll go ahead and go to Dom. What's your first thing? So the MLB All-Star game is tomorrow. Uh, you got a chance to see a lot of the best young players, the best overall talent in the game. So check it out. It's going to be a good game to watch. For my first thing here, do you guys know who Corey Perry is? Nope. What I if I Perry, but <laughs> what if I told you this is probably one of the unluckiest players in the NHL? How so? Explain. What do so, you do? In 2020, he was a part of the Dallas Stars, who made it to the finals and lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. In 2021, he signed with the Canadians, who also made it to the finals as a miraculous eight seed, and they lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then, since he lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning twice, he decided, hey, why don't I just join the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2022? Made it to the finals, lost to the Colorado Avalanche. So three teams, <laughs> three championship losses. So I think he's probably the most unlucky guy in the NHL, and whoever signs him next can expect to probably have a decent season, maybe make it to the finals, but you're going to lose. So I don't Hopefully he doesn't start with Columbus. Yeah, but if we made it to the finals, I think that honestly, as Blue Jackets fans, we would just think that that was a win anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't even. The last most impressive thing that they did was beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Like if we made it to the finals, honestly, that would be our finals win. I did, you know what I mean? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> but um, so yeah, Corey Perry, come to the Blue Jackets. Let's go. <laughs> uh, David, what's your second thing? I don't really have a second thing other than I went and saw the, the new Minions movie. So, yeah, you told me the, you went and saw. What, what would you give it out of ten? Probably a good six and a half or a seven. It was actually a pretty decent movie. Had a lot of funny moments to it. And if you just wanted to go see something that was silly, goofy, wacky, mm-hmm. and you were just bored on a day, then I highly recommend it. Those the the Spickle Me movies that like, are probably what I'd use to describe our friend group. So <laughs> silly, goofy, <laughs> wacky. <laughs> are you saying we're minions? <laughs> I mean, we a little bit, sure. <laughs> you know what, David? Whatever. All right, Don. What's your second thing? <laughs> I don't really have one, so um, I'll you know pun it back to. Today, as no, no, you only get two. What? It is Dom's birthday, by the way. It is your birthday. Why, Why do you bring that up? Say that? 
Hey, happy birthday to Dom. Make sure you spam the comments. Say happy birthday to him. Let him know. Say, hey, you old fart. Happy (laughs) birthday. Because if you didn't know, Dom's 35 today. So (laughs) get out of here. I would say other things, but this is a family-friendly show. (laughs) I will say I did wake up with a little bit more back pain at 27 than I did, you know, a couple days ago when I was still 26. Yeah, every every year after 25, you gain more keys and more body pain. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, unless eyesight and less yeah. hearing. Yeah, so I... that's what you have to look forward to, kids. What? What'd you say? Hey, you're younger than me, so you should be able to hear better. Listen, I'm already blind, so I don't. <laughs> yeah. If I lose anymore, I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> Uh, but I'll go ahead and finish off with my last thing. I talked about the most unlucky person in sports probably over the past couple of years, but I'm going to talk about the most lucky person in sports this year. You guys know who Stan Kroenke uh, is, right? No. So he's going to be the own- he's the owner of the L.A. Rams, the owner of the Colorado Avalanche, and the owner of the Colorado Mammoth, who is the national – who are there in the National Lacrosse League. All three teams this year – won a national championship in their respective sports. So there you go. Anyway, this was a long episode. I feel like we ranted a lot. I'm going to blame David. All right. Um, well, thank you guys for <laughs> joining me today. Why blame me? Hey, hey, I got to end the show, okay? Uh, thank you guys <laughs> for listening. Sorry for David, man. He just he just keeps blame going. David, the one that talks for 70% of the episode. Yeah. Well, listen, I, yeah, I, these guys just keep going. I'm trying to end it. I don't know, but um, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast. This is Let's Talk Sports presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm Nick. I was joined by Dom and David. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you for listening to another Deep Dive Sports show. Make sure to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow our YouTube channel for more amazing content. Lastly, make sure you leave us a comment. We love hearing what you have to say. And as always, until next time, Deep Dive Sports listeners. <laughs>